blessed assurance. Greetings in Jesus' name. The message you are about Jesus to listen to is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Pulvi House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power. Welcome to a life-transforming message. And washed in his blood. This is our year of enlarged territory. Amen. This year, God is going to enlarge your territory. Very few people believe that. I say this year, God is enlarging your territory. God is enlarging our territory as a church, as impact church. By the end of this year, this place, in fact, we won't even have to wait until the end of the year. Somehow, in this year, this place is going to be too small for us. Because God is enlarging our territory. When we talk about territory, we are talking about boundary. We are talking about influence. We are talking about our finances. Everything that touches your life, I declare in the name of Jesus that this will be your year of enlargement. Your vision, your dreams, God is enlarging you in Jesus' mighty name. I command you in the name of Jesus to move away from small places, from small visions, from small dreams. Our God is a big God, and we need to begin to believe big things. Oh, you're still not there yet. Last Sunday, I preached about the sons of the prophets, and we're going to go back there. 2 Kings chapter 6, from verse 1, the Bible says, The sons of the prophets say to Elisha, Look now, the place where we live before you is too small for us. Let us go, we pray you unto Jordan and Take thence every man a beam and let us make a place where we may dwell. And he answered, go ye. So last Sunday, I talked about how do we walk in this enlarged territory? How do we experience enlargement? Number one, we say that we must recognize the smallness of where we are. Until you are tired of where you are, you cannot go to another place. Until you are tired of the limitation, of the struggle, it could be in your, in your life, it could be in your family, but whatever it is, you must get to a place where you say, this place is too small for me. Number two, you must be willing to what? To arise. Amen? You must be willing to leave that place and now go to another place amen and expand there there are prayers that we pray just like we talked about jabez the bible says jabez cried out to god and said lord enlarge my territory 
But you realize that as much as God will answer that, that prayer, you have something you must do. And that what you have to do is what? Arise. Amen? So last Sunday we talked about arising. Arising from that place. And beginning to take a step to the place that God wants us to do. To go. Amen? You must begin in your mind. Begin to visualize how enlargement. Because enlargement is different for all of us. But begin to see that large place. Amen? One of the scriptures that we read last Sunday was when David said, God has what? Taken me to a great, large place. Who remembers where that scripture was? Psalms? Did anyone write notes last Sunday? 118 verse, verse 5. God has taken me to a large place. He has taken me to a large place. He has heard my prayer. One of the things that God is going to do in your life, he's going to take you from squeezed places, from tiny places, from places where you're limited, from places where you're struggling, to places where you begin to exercise more influence in Jesus' mighty name. So, today I want to ask to look at as we now, now we are already in the enlarged territory. Amen? I want to talk to people who have already made their minds that you're not going to stay where you are. Those are people I came to preach to. You have already made up your mind. I am going to a large place. So, this, we, we go back to these sons of the prophets. The moment the man of God told them, you go. The Bible says that they, they immediately rose up and began to go. Remember, your response to the instruction that God gives you determines what happens in your life. To do that makes changes in your life. And I've said it here and I've said it again. It is not how long you pray or how much you pray that will determine the next level of your life. Prayer is important. Fasting is important. And that's what we're doing here today. But prayer is a means of us hearing instructions from God. It is a way for us to hear from God. And as soon as we hear, we are supposed to obey. Because if the, just the Bible says in the book of what? Was it the book of James? Whoever hears these words of mine, it was Jesus who said so. Matthew chapter 7 and does not obey them is like a man who builds his house on sand. So many Christians want God to do things in their lives, but they're not willing to obey the instructions that God gives them. They want to pray, but expect God to do things according to their terms, according to their convenience. But God says, it's either my way or my way. Praise the Lord. They, they, you can't do it your way. It has to be God's way. So, we have to obey the instructions. So, when the man of God told them, go, the Bible says, they immediately went. Amen? Let's read from verse 3. One said, be pleased to go with your servant. So, they asked the, they asked the servant of God, says, can you go with us? And he answered, I will go. The Bible says, so he went with them 
And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was felling his beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried, Alas, my master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where did it fall? Elisha, so when shown the place, Elisha cut off a stick and threw it in there and the iron floated. And he said, pick it up. And he put out his hand and he took it. Praise the Lord. Today, I want us, I want, we're going to talk about how to recover your cutting edge. Tell your neighbor how to recover your cutting edge. So, the Bible says, these men were ready. They were ready to go to the enlarged place. And I want you to figure out yourself, to picture yourself beginning to move into the enlarged place. But as they began to go, the Bible says, they had to prepare. Someone say prepare. Every place you're going to go to, you must be willing to prepare. God, when God tells you, I am taking you to a large place, what he's saying is enlarge your capacity. Isaiah 54, stretch the boundaries of your tents. Enlarge your habitation. So you must be willing to prepare. And one of the ways of preparing these people had to do is to make sure they cut down trees that they're going to go to use or that they would use to build this large place. But as they began to cut down the trees, the Bible says that one of the men cried out and said, my axe head has fallen. One of the things that I realized that in life, the Bible says what? The race is not what? For the swift, nor the battle for the strong, nor riches to men, of skill, but to every man there is time and chance. There's one thing that I want you to realize. Every one of us has been given something by God. Every one of us has something that God has put in you to give you what he has purposed for you. And that thing that God has put in you is what is called potential. There is grace that has been measured for each and every one of us. And God created you and put you on earth not for you to be a failure. God put you here so that you can succeed. God put you here so that you can make a difference. God put you here so that you can leave a mark. God never put you here so that you can become one of the statistics of people that have failed. You were born for greatness. Tell your neighbor you were born for greatness. So every one of us used to cut down the things that you need 
to build that which he has for you. Every one of us, we have an axe head. God has put in you something. For some of us, it is, your, it is the smartness. For some of us, it is the skill. For some of us, it is your, 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 your education. For some of us, it is what you can do. It is how you can talk. But everyone, you have something. Every one of us, you have something. And God does not expect you to get your sister's axe head to cut down your tree. God wants you to know how to use your axe head to cut down your tree. And you have to, first of all, recognize, I have what I need on the inside of me. I have something. I must discover it. There is something God has given me. I don't have what my brother has, but I have what I need to be me. And the best person you can be is the best version of yourself. Someone say, I have an axe. Now, there are two problems. One is, for some of us, our axe head fell from us. We don't even know when it fell. We don't even know how it fell. We've never even realized that it fell. But the second group of people is we still have the axe, but it has become blunt. It has lost the cutting edge. It does not have any impact. And today I came to speak to us that God is calling us to that place where we begin to recover our axe head. Where we begin to understand how can we sharpen. If you are one of the people who still have it, you recognize, I still have it. I still have that gift. I still have that calling. I still have that blessing from God. But for some reason, I'm not making impact. Um, I cannot cut down any trees. Because sometimes the trees is not just what you're preparing to use. Sometimes the trees are the obstacles and the hindrances and the battles that are ahead of you that you're struggling with and that you can't find a way. And you must use your axe to cut down your trees. This morning, somehow, God reminded me about the scripture. And, and, and I know it doesn't apply to you, but it applies to me and my wife. Hallelujah. The Bible says, blessed is the man who has his quiver full. Amen. Because he will, he will, he will fight with the enemies at the gate. And I realized that there's a blessing of having a, a quiver full with children. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And they, they, The Bible says he will answer his, his God, his enemies at. So there's some battles that my children will fight. But let's move to that. So my, part of my accent could be God, God blessing me with amazing children. Glory to God. But, but, but there, there, there's an axe head that God has given you that is supposed to fight for you at the gate. God spoke to Abraham and said, thy seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. 
when you begin to unlock the potential God has put in you, when you begin to release what God has given you, when you begin to give forth the talent God has put in you, it begins to make room for you. The Bible says a man's gift shall make room for him and bring him before great men. Your, your being where you are today is not because somebody did not help you. It's not because somebody did not, you know, or somebody did something to you. That was part of your journey and I'm not here to to say that you know you to discount your journey but I'm here to say you're fully responsible for what you are today because God has given you everything you need to become devout to the man of God and say alas he cried out said my axe head has fallen I don't have the age anymore it is just like the Bible talks about Hezekiah going to, I mean, sending a man to the prophet Isaiah. In the book of 2 Kings chapter 19 and verse 3, you can put it there. And the Bible says Hezekiah was in a place where he realized that he had been called for that moment. He had been called for that time. He was king for that time. But he sent a message to Isaiah and with these words and says, Say to Isaiah, this day is a day of trouble. It is a day of rebuke. It is a day of blasphemy. For the children are come to birth, but there is no strength to bring forth. Have you ever been in a place where you know, I was born for this moment. I am the answer to my family. I am the only one that can lift my family out of poverty. I'm the only one that can do this. There is something you know that is on the inside of you. But the problem is, it is a day of trouble and blasphemy and rebuke because you know the children have come to birth. You're supposed to be pushing forth the children. You're supposed to bring forth deliverance. But you cannot because you don't have the strength. Your axe head fell. Had lost the cutting edge. And he's saying, God, I know this is my moment, but there is no strength to bring forth. We are in this 21 day fast because we're saying, God, we need to recover our axe head. We need to get back the cutting edge. We need to overcome the enemies that are at the gate. We cannot live life and, and bring forth wind when we're expected to bring deliverance. There's a scripture in the book of Isaiah. The Bible says that we, we brought forth wind when it was our time to bring forth deliverance to the inhabitants of the earth. We only brought forth wind. We were supposed to bring forth children. But when that time came and we were taken to the labor ward, all that we would bring forth was wind. I don't know who God sent me to. Somebody who is saying, God, I need to recover my axe. I know, I, I, I know, it, 
says, I believe you, pastor. I believe you when you say it is my season of enlarged territory. But I've heard this word year after year. I've heard prophecies year after year. And one year ends and I get into another year and I'm still in the same place. I'm stuck in the same place. And God is saying you, you cannot, if you want 2024 to be different, you must be ready to say, God, I need my axe head back. It is a day of rebuke. It is a day of blasphemy. Even for us as a church, when we know that the world needs Jesus, the world needs miracles, the world needs signs and wonders, people are crying out for a move of God. And we are the church, but we are failing to be what God wants us to be. And we are saying, we are saying, God, in this season, may you help us recover the cutting edge. We cannot live another day. We cannot live another year still in the same place, just lamenting about what could have happened or what happened. It is time for us to be the change that we are seeking for. The next verse the man of God said, where fell it? Someone say, where fell it? I like the King James English. Where did it fall? Where did it fall? Let's have it another version. I want to see. Where did it fall? Do you know where your accent fell? Could it be that the enemy knew the potential that you carried, that he let you go through so much pain, that because of your pain, you, 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 you lost your accent? Could it be that because the enemy knew the potential that God had for you, he let you spend the rest of your life bitter and angry against people that you never had any time to sharpen your axe again could it be that you 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 God, the enemy knew that the strength you can have is because of prayer and he has made sure he keeps you prayerless. Could it be that the enemy knew that you, you, you are supposed to be strong and then he allowed you to fall in sin and fall out of sin and fall in sin that, that all the time you're, you're coming out of, of, of shame and guilt and condemnation and you cannot have an axe head. Could it be that your axe head fell and you didn't even realize it fell because you are so troubled with the things of the world that you never even had time to ask yourself where the, where did it fall do you know where your accent fell because you cannot recover it until you know where it fell and you cannot have the cutting edge until you have your accent back you cannot. What is it that God gave you that you have allowed life to take away from you? What is it that God already gave you that you have allowed the pain you've been through to take away from you? What is it that God already gave you that you have allowed the challenges you've been through to take away from you? I, I came to speak to you. This day you must take back your axe head. 
I say, you must get back to God and cry to God and say, Lord, I need the strength to bring forth. I refuse to die like a mere man. I refuse to die like an ordinary man when I was born for greatness. When I was born to make a difference. When I was born to make a change. I refuse. I refuse. You know, one thing I like about Samson, Samson did a lot of bad things. Samson had been called as a great man. Samson had been called and anointed. And everything he was told not to do, he did it. He was told not to drink, he drank. He was told not to get near dead animals. You know, I mean, dead things. He went and got honey out of a dead lion. I mean, he, it was like his life, he was determined to try and test. I mean, I've never seen people like that, or sometimes we are like that ourselves. You're like, everything I'm not supposed to do, I'm going to try and do it. <laughs> I mean, you stretch everything. And, and that was Samson. He tried everything. They told him, you know, you're a Nazarite. Your strength is because, you know, you're supposed to keep yourself holy. And, and he kept getting woman after woman. And, 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 and th th I think the parents would look at him and wonder, I mean, how has this man even maintained th this anointing with all that he's doing? But, you know, God is so gracious. Many times we can fall and we can do all kinds of crazy things. And he still is with us. But there is that moment... When the Bible says the spirit of man, God cannot strive with man, there was that moment when the spirit of God had to leave boundaries and, and doing all kinds of crazy things that even when he cut off his hair, he still thought God would be with him. So he's playing around with Delilah because he knows no more strength because the lost, I mean the Lord had left him. The axe head had fallen. He was no longer the Samson he used to be. He no longer has the strength. And the Philistines begin to afflict him. They begin to torment him. They, they, I mean, sin is evil and everything about sin is evil. But, but there's one thing that sin does. It destroys your vision. It destroys your potency. It destroys that passion. And, and he's no longer that Samson. He still is... Samson, I mean, known by name, but now he's no longer that Samson that can defeat the enemies. The axe head has fallen. He has lost his cutting edge. But one thing about Samson, and thank God for his grace, when he was about to die, he, he stood, he told a young man, say, take me to the pillars that hold this building. And he, when he started there, says, God, let my hair grow one more time. That I may avenge on my enemies. He says, God, I know I messed up. I know I blew it. I know I've done things I shouldn't have done. I know I'm in places I shouldn't have been. But God, for this one time, so I don't just die like a common man. So I don't die like someone who is not anointed. Let my hair grow again. And the Bible says that the moment he was standing there, his hair began to grow again. And the strength came back. And Samson pushed the 
pillars of this temple and he destroyed more enemies than he destroyed in his lifetime. I pray that that will be your story. I pray that no matter what you have done, no matter where you have been, God is not condemning you. God is not, you know, mad against you. God is just saying, can you recover what you lost again? Can you call upon me that I will answer you and I will show you those great and unsearchable things? Can you come back to me? If my people were called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and turn away from their wicked ways, I will heal their land. I will forgive their sin. Church, this is the moment for us to get back to that place where we say, God, we don't know it all. We don't have it all together. We need you to help us. We have to recover our acts. We must stay on the cutting edge. We must rise up again. I cannot allow my enemies to destroy everything that I have. Destroy my children. I must destroy my enemies. Do you know where your acts had fell? Church, do we know where our acts had fell? Do we know? You know, now getting to the scripture that our sister was sharing, because I just knew this is the Holy Spirit. I, I began, this, this morning I was praying, and it was yesterday when God began to pour this in my heart, but I've been praying and crying to God and say, God, can you help us as your church to recover our accent? Because we are not the church that Christ died for. And I'm just talking about the body of Christ. We, we, we don't have the power that we're supposed to have. We don't have the victory that we're supposed to have. We have... We, we are more like that church in the book of Revelation. The Bible talks about they have a name of being alive, but they are dead. When people think about healing, church is not the first thing that comes to their mind. When people are oppressed, it is so saddening when you hear people Doing all kinds of things. Getting involved in rituals. All kinds of evil rituals. Including gay rituals and all kinds of things. Just so they can get power to use in church. It sickens me. Where is the cross? Where is the power of Jesus? That, 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 that should give us the, the authority. That he gave us authority. Why? Why do we go to the devil to get power for church? Where did our accent fall? Because I've been addressing, I've been addressing us, but I want us just to think about we are part of a part of a greater thing. Our being here on earth is not just to to live and you know to eat and drink and have a good time. We are here because we are supposed to make a difference. And we can only make a difference as the body of Christ. But Ephesians 5, 26, 27, the Bible says, Jesus purchased his church. From verse 25, 
Husbands, love your wives as Jesus loved the church and he gave himself for it, cleansing it. Verse 26, he cleansed it that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Verse 27, that he might present her to himself a glorious church. And I was saying, God, we are not a glorious church. We are not a church that is without spot or wrinkle. The Bible says, and any such thing. But I have good news for you. In this moment, in this hour, God is making, raising a standard of his church. We are going to begin to see a glorious church again. Oh, hallelujah. I said God is going to begin to cleanse us from every spot, every wrinkle, every blemish, every such thing, every reproach. God is going to begin to cleanse us. I believe before that rapture that, that God showed our sister, before that happens, the church is not going to be a church that is defeated. It's not going to be a church that is wallowing in sin. It's not going to be a church that is in excuses, that is in a mixture, mixture with the demonic and the satanic and all kinds of things. It's not going to be a church that is you know, apologetic. It's going to be a church that is glorious. It's going to be a church that is conquering. It's going to be a church that is doing miracles, healing the sick, raising the dead, opening the blind eyes, making a difference in the business, in the market. It is the kind of church that Jesus is going to. And I believe part of the reason Jesus is not yet back is just because we are not ready. We are not yet that glorious church that is coming for. As I was thinking about this, there are a few scriptures that kept coming to my mind. The Bible says, Ecclesiastes 9 verse 8, make sure your head never lacks oil and make sure your garments are always white. I pray that as God enlarges our territory, God will cleanse our garments. I pray that when God blesses you, that the blessing will not cause your garments to be defiled. And pray for you that you will not lack oil, that your head will always have oil. Because for us as a church, what is our cutting age? Our cutting age is when our garments are white. Our cutting age is when we carry the anointing of God, the unction of God. For the Bible says that the yoke shall be destroyed by the anointing. If we lack the anointing, we are nothing. We could, we could as well be a motivational speaker. If I stood with, before you without God's anointing, I could as well be just a teacher, somebody who is just sharing information. But it is the anointing of God that makes the difference. The Bible says when, 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 uh, when, when, when David was lamenting over Saul, Saul had just died. And, and David lamented over Saul and said, he has died. In the book of 2 Samuel, I believe, chapter 1 and verse 20 there, 22. He says, Saul has died. He, he, was, he was cursing the mountains of, 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 of is it 
Gilbo or something. It says, you mountains, may, may you, may there be no dew or rain on you, no fields offering, for the shield of, of the mighty is cast away there. The shield of the original language says, he has died as though he had not been anointed with oil. That means the oil of God was setting him aside. He shouldn't have died the way he died. Oh, I don't know who I came to speak to. God is telling you it is your moment to recover your accent. It is your moment to recover your accent. It is your moment to recover that anointing. It is your moment to recover that grace of God. You don't have to struggle through life. You don't have to fight your way through life. When God's anointing is upon your life, there are things that will happen without you even trying to make them happen because it is not by power, it is not by mind, but by the spirit of the living God. The reason you are working so hard is because your axe head is so blunt. That's why you're using so much energy. That's why you're trying so hard to cut down trees and make sure things work. But God is saying, if only you can let me recover your accent. Let your head always have oil. May your head, may my head always have oil. May I never lack oil. May I never lack oil. May let my garments, Lord, I pray, may my garments be white. God also led me to Revelation chapter 3 and verse 4. And friends, we, we, I, I don't know any other message to preach. This is the only message that I can preach because I know, just as my sister said, Jesus is coming back. And there's no, I'm not here to motivate you. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not here to, even for you to think I'm a good preacher. That's not what I'm, I'm here for. I'm not even here that this church can be, become big. That is not my goal and my motivation. My motivation is only one, that I may do the work of him who called me and finish it. That is my assignment. And, and as long as I can take you to him and take you to heaven and cause you to focus on him and cause you to follow him, I will have done my job. And so he says, you have a few names even in service that have not Oh God. And they shall walk with me in white. For they are worthy. Child of God, that's your cutting edge. I wish I could tell you that it can be easier. But God is saying, we must get our cutting edge. Where did it fall? Talk to your neighbor again for me. Tell them, where did it fall? we need to build a bigger place. We cannot. We need, I need my accent, Lord. I need it, Lord. Wherever, 
whatever I have lost that my generation is needing, I pray that you help me recover it. Somebody talk to God. Whatever it is that I, 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 I should have been doing that I'm not doing, maybe I should be praying more than I am praying right now. Maybe I should be fasting more than I'm fasting right now. Maybe I should be having a greater impact. Maybe I should be bringing more people to the Lord. I don't know. But Lord, you know. You know. You know my accent. You know. You know. And I, and I, and I refuse to continue in 2024 with no accent. With, with a blunt accent. Help me recover it, Lord. Help me recover it all. The place where I live is too small, Lord. The place I need a larger place. I need larger influence. I need to bring more people to the Lord. I need to bring more people to salvation. I need to help more people. I need to bless more people. Enlarge my territory, oh God. Help me get back my accent, Jesus. Zetaye bosha keta lebroskete le kamande ato ribakata anekosima. I don't want to die as though I've not been anointed with oil. I don't want to leave as though I've not been anointed with oil. I don't want to leave and struggle with the same things everybody else struggles with as though I've not been anointed with oil, as though I've not been called and purchased by the blood. Lord, help me recover my accent. Help me, Lord. Help me, help me, Lord. Help me know where it failed, Jesus. Help me know where I lost it. Help me know. It could be because of the much business. It could be because of much ministry. I don't know, but Lord, wherever it fell, it is time for me to recover it, Lord. Zete, that I may live in an enlarged place, that I may live in a bigger place, that I may have greater influence, that I may have greater, a greater mark, that I may do all that. Come on, somebody, call upon God. Call upon. This is not time for us to spectate. It is time. This is between you and your God. You know, you know what accent you have. You don't, you know what you lost. You know, you know what you need to recover. You know, you know it. Ask God, Lord, help me, help me, help me. As impact church, oh God, help us. We don't have to be like any other church. We don't want to be like any other church, oh God. Moses cried and said, what will distinguish us from the rest of the people if your presence does not go with us? If your presence does not go with us. Rebobo 
Help me recover where I lost my accent of prayer, where I became prayerless, oh God, where I lost my cutting gauge in prayer, where I lost my cutting gauge, where I lost my cutting gauge, oh God. Where I lost the passion to seek you, where I lost the passion to call upon your name, where I lost the passion to, to, to wait on you, to depend on you, where I lost the passion, where I began to walk away. Somebody don't get out of this place until you recover that accent. Don't get out of here until you recover that place, that passion. Yekete zinamo zeketa rebo sokoto zikita ya misa 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 koto remaka remaka sokoto enema sokoto. It is a day of trouble. It is a day of blasphemy. It is a day of rebuke. The children have come to birth, but there is no strength. I ask for strength to bring forth. I ask for strength to bring forth the miracles, the strength to bring forth the signs and wonders, the strength to bring forth deliverance for my generation, the strength to bring forth healing for my generation, the strength, oh God, the strength, oh God. That strength to break the power of religion over my city, over this nation. The strength to bring many to the kingdom of God. The strength to bring multitudes to the kingdom of God. The strength to do crusades. The strength, the strength, the strength. The strength to have an impact in the church, in this nation, in the nations of the world. Oh God, my accent, my accent, my accent. Sharpen my accent, oh God. Sharpen my accent, oh God. Sharpen my accent, oh God. Record Zeketerebo, Shamamamande. Satore Baba Kusarabaha. Ederebo, Shakerebo, Zekerebo. The message is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Polvi House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power.